www.voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and good morning on the West Coast, good afternoon on the East Coast. I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. The program brings you practical solutions and positive strategies to help you live the kind of life that you want to live. I've been doing this work about 25 years, and it's very exciting to know that we can inspire and enlighten people and give you strategies to turn your obstacles into opportunities. I have a great guest on today, and I've had him on before. His name is Ted Zeth. He's a Ph.D., and the subject today is the highly sensitive person. He wrote the book, The Highly Sensitive Person's Survival Guide, and his newest book is The Highly Sensitive Person's Companion, Daily Exercises for Calming Your Senses in an Overstimulating World. Welcome, Ted. Thank you, Patricia. Uh You know, I can relate to this because I'm a highly sensitive person. So this is very, I, I always enjoy this, this interview particularly because it, I have always found, and maybe we, you can discuss this, I think in some ways it's a real blessing because we're so sensitive that we pick up a lot of things other people don't, and we have a creativity and a sense of expression that's highly tuned. But on the other hand, because of that, we often pick up things we don't want to and let things affect us that we don't need to. Uh, that people who aren't so sensitive uh, don't have that issue. Address that. Yeah, Patricia, well, first of all, you're in good company because 20% of the population in every country, or in this country alone, 50 million Americans, or 20% of the population, have trouble screening out stimuli. Mm. And it can be easily overwhelmed by noise, crowds, time pressure. And as you said, the sensitive person sometimes is sensitive to things such as pain, caffeine, violent movies. We're usually made uncomfortable by bright lights, strong smells, and changes in our lives. Mm-hmm. So the reason I wrote my book, um, the both books actually, The Highly Sensitive Person's Survival Guide and the new one, which is more of a workbook, The Highly Sensitive Person's Companion, is how do we manage the trait so we don't go into overwhelm because mm-hmm. we're living in a very out-of-balance, overstimulating society. Yeah. So once we have learned how to cope in the society, then the positive aspects of being sensitive can flourish. Mm. Would you say that one of them, I I didn't see this in your book, but I know for me, and I don't know if this is part of a personal thing or whether this is part of the highly sensitive person's sort of trait, is um, that highly sensitive people are very sensitive to criticism or to anything that feels as though it's painful or hurtful on an emotional level. Is that, is that a trait of a highly sensitive person? Yeah, actually, I do talk about it in my book on uh, relationships in both books. And <clears throat> basically, because we're sensitive, we'll, we'll sometimes take things that someone else is a non-HSP will just ignore. And so we have to learn how to um, deal with our sensitivity when relating to other people. Yeah. I mean, people will then turn around and say, oh, come on, don't let that bother you. 
you know, they, they didn't mean it, or, oh, water under the bridge. And, and you watch other people walk away, and it doesn't affect them. That's right, and that's why, that's why we have this 20% of the population that are highly sensitive. So we have to learn how to cope with uh, when people criticize us that we don't, when, how, to, how to deal with the situation. And I have a lot of little um, techniques. Well, one thing is, I, I say in my book, don't become a insensitive, highly sensitive person by if someone says something, you know, constantly complaining to your partner, your friends, your relatives, mm-hmm. your coworkers. So what I, I recommend is there's an area of disagreement that can't be resolved immediately. Something says something that's hurtful. Mm-hmm. You can write down all your grievances about the other person as long as you want. You could spend all day doing it. You could do it during the week. And then once a week, especially if it's someone you're close with, you have what I call the once-a-week mediation program where you both come together in a spirit of cooperation mm-hmm. and let the person know, you know, I, do, I am a highly sensitive person, so I take things more intensely than other people, and how can we resolve it? And the key really so much is compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, also, instead of blaming, it's very easy to blame people who are not tuned into that sensitivity, and I call it the 1% apology uh, technique, which is if someone comes down on you really hard and criticizes you, try to find 1% of the, the problem that was yours and apologize to the person for that 1%. Mm-hmm. And then it gives an opening for the other person to say, oh, I guess maybe I shouldn't have been so difficult with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I should have been more sensitive to you. So you always have to have openings, look for openings. You have to keep your sense of humor and um, smile a lot and try to always see if it's an insult or a criticism in the proper context. So you're going to have to work with it. What do you find in working with highly sensitive people, which is what you specialize in, what would you say is the number one issue you hear, Ted, or is there a number one? The thing that's so interesting about highly sensitive people is everybody, even highly sensitive people, have reactions to one thing that may bother them and something else may not. So, for example, a lot of people have trouble with noise. But then there's a lot of highly sensitive people who say, well, noise doesn't really bother me. It's bright lights. Mm-hmm. Or I can't stand any kind of uh, strong smells. Or they say, well, noise and smells and lights don't bother me, but I can't stand to be in a crowd of people. So every highly sensitive person is unique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there isn't one thing we can say. And in your book, you talk about all kinds of things. You talk about making changes. You talk about food and drink and exercise and sleep and, and calming your nerves through uh, meditation and food and having a calming diet and walking and relaxing. I mean, those are things that we would suggest to most people who have stress in their lives, right? Yeah, my program is a holistic program. And while most people have stress in their life, it does apply to them, so it does apply to non-HSPs. But for non-HSPs, it's more of, well, yeah, it would be good to do it, but for HSPs, it's imperative that they do that. HSPs need to do it as well. They really need to maintain a lifestyle that yeah. is very calming. Yeah. It's very interesting. I know for myself, um, as an HSP, that I find that because I'm around 
often stimulation, ups and downs in work. You know, you, one project ends, another project starts, new environments, new things. And uh, it's, I, I'm always looking to come. I'm always listening to soothing music, new age music all the time. I go outside and walk. And I have to exercise. And if I don't do these things, um, my body starts to really tighten and get wired. Yeah, and that's just my point, that for an HSP, it's imperative. Well, another person could have the same job you have, Patricia, and they might feel a little nervous about it when you have a lot of different guests, so you're busy at work and changes in your lives, but they could still cope. So we really need these coping strategies to survive. Mm-hmm. Talk about, because um, this works for me, food and exercise. What are some of the things that you suggest there? Well, for exercise, first of all, it's not good to exercise right before you go to sleep because your body, if you do uh, aerobic exercise, your body's going to get overheated and you can't sleep if your body is too hot. So I recommend to do exercise no later than like mm, 6 p.m., let's say. Mm-hmm. And um, in my research, I found that most HSPs prefer, prefer individual exercise rather than to group activities. Because mm-hmm. you, you might remember back from being in school and you have um, 17 people look at you trying to catch a ball in right field, and all that pressure is very difficult. You know, like some HSPs, if you play tennis with one other person who you feel supported by, it's okay, but... HSPs generally do, don't do well under pressure, so it's better if they do a very um, an exercise by themselves, or better yet, a calming exercise like mm-hmm. w- a walk in the park is good. Hopping yeah. yoga is good. Tai I really can good. relate to this. Yoga is my one of my main pieces. Mm-hmm. But Ted, I want to go back to something because we're, we're kind of talking like we're in a little club here, and maybe we can do this after the break. I want to talk about what are the characteristics. How do we know if we're a highly sensitive person? You know, somebody may have some of these things, but they may not be highly sensitive. How do we know if we're in the 20%? Well, Elaine Aaron, who wrote the book, The Highly Sensitive Person, back in 96, said, even if you only have one of the characteristics, in, in, in both my books and Elaine's book, there's a survey which you take. But even if you only have one or two, but it's very intense, you can consider yourself a highly sensitive person. In my particular case, when I first took the survey, I answered yes to everything. (laughs) Mm. I was like 18 out of 18. But um, even if you only, let's say noise just drives you crazy, but nothing else does, but if it really irritates you to the point where it's affecting your life, then you'd be considered a highly sensitive person. Mm -hmm. So it's not a question of how many you have, but to to the degree that uh, even one or two of the characteristics have. Mm-hmm. Do you have this uh, in the, I am not finding the, I was going to read some of the questions from the survey, which I'd like to do after the break. Um, I don't see that here. Is that on your website? It is on my website, and it's also in the Highly Sensitive Person Survival Guide. Right. Okay. And that one, that book I don't have in my hand. I have the, the one we're talking about today, which is a wonderful little pocketbook called The Highly Sensitive Person's Companion. Daily Exercises for Calming Your Senses in an Overstimulating World. And that's wonderful because it just tells you everything you can do, and it's very simple to follow. And I do All it, right, by the way, we, I do it week by week, so it makes it easy. You just work on one area each week rather than getting overwhelmed. Right. And, so, and, it's, and it's non-pressured, which is really what you, what you talk about. 
and your book feels that way. It's very easy to follow. My guest today is Dr. Ted Zeff, who is a Ph.D., and his newest book is The Highly Sensitive Person's Companion, Daily Exercises for Calming Your Senses in an Overstimulating World. Ted Zeff, Ph.D., received his doctorate in psychology in 1981 from the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco. He has currently teaches workshops on coping techniques for highly sensitive people. He's taught stress reduction and insomnia management for more than 15 years at various hospitals and medical groups. And his website is hspsurvival.com, hspsurvival.com. Folks, you're listening to Positive Living. If you want to call us after the break with a comment or a question, we're at 866-472-5788 if you were calling on Monday, July 21st. Okay, folks, uh, you're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guest, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. Welcome back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. You can call us, and today is the 23rd of July, not the 21st. I was corrected. Thank you. And it's Monday, so if you're listening live, you can call us at 866-472-5788. We're talking about the highly sensitive person. My guest is Dr. Ted Zeff, Ph.D., author of the Highly Sensitive Person Survival Guide and his newest book, 
the highly sensitive person's companion, daily exercises for calming your senses in an overstimulating world. Ted, if you there are 15 questions. If you would just read them and people can kind of check them off, and how many would you say qualify you to be highly sensitive? Well, what I want to do is read what Elaine Aaron came up with. Okay. And what she said was, if you answered true to 10 or more of the questions, you're probably yeah. highly sensitive. But frankly, okay. no psychological test is so accurate that you should base your life on it. Okay. If only one or two questions are true of you, but they're extremely true, you might also be justified in calling yourself okay. highly sensitive. All right. So Go ahead. Types... I'm going to take this as you're doing it. Okay. So some of the questions are things like, I seem to be aware of subtleties in my environment, true or false. Mm-hmm. Other people's moods affect me, true or false. I tend to be very sensitive to pain. I'm particularly sensitive to the effects of caffeine. I'm easily overwhelmed by things like bright lights, strong smells, coarse fabrics, or sirens close by. I have a rich, complex inner life. I'm made uncomfortable by loud noises. I am conscientious. I startle easily. I get rattled when I have a lot to do in a short amount of time. I'm annoyed when people try to get me to do too many things at once, especially a few more than 15. I try hard to avoid making mistakes or forgetting things. I make it a point to avoid violent movies and TV shows. Changes in my life shake me up. I notice enjoy delicate or fine scents, tastes, sounds, works of art. I make it a high priority to arrange my life to avoid upsetting or overwhelming situations. When I must compete to be or be observed while performing a task, I become so nervous or shaky that I do much worse than I would otherwise. And the last one is when I was a child, my parents or teachers seemed to see me as sensitive or shy. So again, if you answered true for most of these mm-hmm. are probably highly sensitive. Yeah, I think there were two that I that weren't didn't appear. Yeah, to but again... The rest, the rest were all very much me. Yeah, but even if there's only a few, but it was very intense, then you could still be calling yourself a highly sensitive person. So, you know, one of the things you said to me during the break is that often we get a bad rap because we talk about the downsides of being highly sensitive. And so one of the things you said is there are some really strong positives, which, of course, there are for sensitive people. Talk about those. Yeah. Um, As I said, when we have our trait managed and we're not in overwhelm, some of the positive things is we're very conscientious and loyal. HSPs make wonderful employees because we tend to follow through with things. We're very loyal and conscientious. We're great workers. We have the capacity to deeply appreciate beauty, art, and music. So these are people, you know, uh, on the flip side of if you go to a museum or you go to a concert or you're out in nature, the sensitive person goes, wow, this is magnificent. And the non-HSP says, yeah, it was okay. So we can really go deeply in in, Uh in the Uh arts. We're very intuitive and we tend to have deep spiritual experiences. People are always telling me I'm on a, on a um, specific spiritual path, and sometimes I share with people these experiences. They go, my gosh, you have these most amazing experiences. 
and we pick up energy. We're very, you know, just we pick up positive and negative energy. I mean, I, I mean, I've had clients say, "Oh, I feel sometimes like a sponge absorbing things," but the absorbing is also being able to tune in to what's going on. Yeah. Then I all, I say we notice potential danger sooner than non-HSPs. We're going to know where the exit is in a big auditorium. I make mm-hmm. a joke saying, why don't HSPs ever get Lyme disease? We're going to notice a tick crawling on our skin while an HS, non-HSP may not. Um, we create positive changes in the environment. All the things about stopping smoking, pollution, noise, generally is started by people who don't like it, which are the HSPs. We're very concerned about the humane treatment of animals. We care a lot about, about, about animals. We tend to be kind, compassionate, understanding, mm-hmm. which makes us natural counselors, teachers, and healers. Yeah. Most allopathic traditional medical doctors are non-HSP, but most alternative holistic healers are HSP. Mm-hmm. And we just so that's natural. why I like them so much. <laughs> yeah, they can tune in. They're very sensitive. Yeah, yeah. And we have an enthusiasm for life, and we can experience love and joy more deeply than non-HSPs when we aren't feeling overwhelmed. So Yeah, but on the other hand, do you think that the HSP then can feel the sorrow and the pain deeper too? Of course. But that's why we need to manage our trait so that we can mm-hmm. always be in that experience. And I know when I'm having a spiritually uplifting experience, whether in nature or in my spiritual path, I'm feeling just I'm exuding this divine energy. Yeah. So it's wonderful. Um, the other thing that I'd like to mention is that being sensitive is culture, depends on what culture you live in. There yeah. was a study that was done, and I'm trying to mention it on the last interview, Patricia. The children in North America who were the most sensitive were the least popular. The children mm-hmm. in China who were the most sensitive were the most popular. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had a student live with me many years ago from Thailand. And the Thai people really, really rate sensitivity as the highest quality. And he, it was so hard for him in the American high school because he was taught to be very talk softly, almost like in a whisper, and be very mm-hmm. gentle. So a lot of it is, depends on the culture you're, you're, you're coming yeah. from. Holland is interesting. They had the first annual HSP convention. In America, when we have it, we'll get maybe 50, 60 people show up for all this country. In Holland, they had 1,000 people show up. Mm. The Dutch are very tuned into sensitivity. Mm. So a lot of it depends on the neg- some of the negative experiences we might have had as a child or even as an adult saying, oh, you're too sensitive, just get over it. If you were living in China or Thailand or Holland, perhaps, you would be considered in the highest regard being mm. sensitive. So you have to look at the cultural context. And when people say we're t- you're too sensitive, I feel that we would be, have a much healthier world if there were more HSPs in it. Yeah. We'd have less war, less environmental devastation, less terrorism. And the truth of the matter is that the proliferation of insensitive values has created a world on the brink of disaster. And our only hope of saving the planet is by being sensitive and kind. So you can just come back and let people know that it's the sensitivity that's going to save the planet and it's the insensitivity values that's created the world in the in the very tenuous balance yeah. we're in now. Interesting. So what would you say would be some other 
of suggestions, particularly for people who are highly sensitive at their workplace when they're working around non-sensitive people? First of all, you have to use your discrimination, what to say to whom. If you're working with someone who is very um, negative and makes fun of sensitivity, you know, you don't even mention to them about your being highly sensitive and telling them about 20% of the population has this trait. Um, so you first of all use your discrimination. But I have a, a, a little chapter in both my books about how to deal with difficult people in the workplace. And um, the first thing you do is you, if you have someone uh, who's a non-HSP, and let's say, for example, they're, make, they're making a lot of noise and you're working at a desk next to them, the first thing you do is you befriend the person and you get some kind of commonality because you're not going to get a compromise going if you don't have some kind of connection. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you respect the person and you don't blame the other person. Because the truth of the matter is if it was another non-HSP there, they might not be bothered by the noise someone else is making. Mm -hmm. So you try on your own to do things such as wearing a headset or earplugs or changing your desk. Um, If that doesn't work, and you talk to the person and explain to them that you have this trait and they're not doing anything wrong. You don't blame them at all. You say, it's totally fine that you want to talk loudly or play music or whatever or talk on the phone about personal things in a loud voice. Um, and it's nothing wrong in it, but maybe we can work out a compromise. And you make a suggestion. Maybe during your lunch hours, the time you can talk about personal things on the phone. Um, and, and you tell the person in advance, thank you so much for, for understanding and that way, you're making a, a way to work out a compromise with even difficult people at work. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't work, I always say you want to investigate why you stay in a job that's creating so much difficulty yeah. for you. Yeah, so that's when you have to nurture yourself and take care of yourself. Yeah, because you don't need to stay in any job. I had a client once who was in a job where it was so stressful. He was a cook, and he was working these awful hours but it paid really well, and he didn't want to quit. But he was having insomnia, gastrointestinal problems, uh. totally stressed out. And finally, after working with him, how important is it making this money? He took another job, and he moved to an area that was less expensive, and all his physiological symptoms disappeared, and he was much happier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we always have to investigate why we stay in a job or even in a living situation that's creating stress for us. Mm-hmm. Right. We all do, but particularly highly sensitive people. All right, my guest is Dr. Ted Zeff, Ph.D., author of The Highly Sensitive Person's Survival Guide, and we're talking about his new book, The Highly Sensitive Person's Companion, Daily Exercises for Calming Your Senses in an Overstimulating World. And Ted Zeff has taught stress reduction and insomnia and management more than 15 years at various hospitals and medical schools. He received his doctorate in psychology from the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco. And his website is hspsurvival.com, which stands for Highly Sensitive Person. And this little book is a pocket-sized guide to finding the calm within us to enjoy life and thrive with highly heightened sensitivity without feeling overwhelmed. Okay, if you'd like to call us after the break, and we are July 23rd on Monday, um, you can give us a call 
at 866-472-5788. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women and Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women in Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women in Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Financial Truth with Carla Cargill will bring a passionate, spirit-filled voice to talk radio, which will empower you to unleash your wealth within. Listen live every Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Central Time on the Voice America Network as Carla shares common-sense wealth-building principles with a twist of humor that will take you from living paycheck to paycheck to living a life of more than enough. Join Carla every Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and discover your money personality and learn the Ten Commandments to Wealthy Living. You will no longer be held captive by financial bondage. Let Carla Cargill teach you the financial truth, and the truth will set you free. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. VoiceAmerica.com are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. My guest today is Dr. Ted Zeff. He's the author of The Highly Sensitive Person's Survival Guide and his newest book, The Highly Sensitive Person's Companion, Daily Exercises for Calming Your Senses in an Overstimulating World. 
Ted Zeff is a psychologist in the San Francisco Bay Area, and his website is hspsurvival.com. Welcome back, Ted. Thank you. Let's talk about morning routines and evening routines for folks who are highly sensitive. Sure. And before we say that, I just want to mention one thing about age, because age is a factor in terms of our sensitivity. You know, children who can't express themselves as well tend to be more sensitive. And then as we get into our teenage years, I mean, I just think back of what I did in my teenage years in terms of listening to loud music and dancing in crowds and staying mm-hmm. up late. Um, teenagers are less sensitive, even if you're a highly sensitive person and young adults. And then the older you get, usually the more sensitive you become, mm-hmm. to the point where even people who are non-HSP tend to be much more sensitive as they get much older. Yeah. So you want to also look, besides culture, the country you're living in, you want to look at age as a factor of how we integrate our sensitivity. Interesting. So okay. a daily routine is so important because if you wake up in the morning, grab a cup of coffee and a donut and rush off to work, and you sit in rush hour, the time you get to work, if you're a sensitive person, your nerves are going to be jangling. So what you want to do is when you wake up in the morning is to do some kind of grounding exercise. And, again, it's very individualized. You might try meditation, prayer, read a spiritually uplifting book, listen to a relaxation tape. In my, both my books, I have the green cord meditation, where you visualize a green cord going from the soles of your feet and the base of your spine to the center of the earth. I also have a little meditation where you visualize white light around you, preventing any negative energy from coming into your aura. Mm-hmm. So doing some kind of grounding exercise is very important, even if it means getting up 15 minutes earlier. Then have a nourishing breakfast that you eat slowly, and then you go off to work. And um, <clears throat> it also may be a good idea to go to work either a little earlier, so you could sit there and figure out your daily routine so you're not overwhelmed. Or you might want to ask your boss if you can work from home sometimes. Because mm-hmm. that's ideal for HSPs to work out of their house as yeah. long as they have the um, fortitude to keep working because some people have, need discipline of a structure of a work environment. Yeah. Um, at any rate, if you've been in a stimulating environment all day long and you come home and you can't unwind that easily unless you do calming things in the evening. So my recommendation is to eat dinner earlier by around 6 o'clock, no later than 7, and spend the evening doing calming activities like reading uplifting books, mm-hmm. writing, meditating, taking a bath, having light discussions. You don't want to get into a heavy discussion late at night. You don't want to watch overstimulating or violent TV shows or movies at night. Because don't forget, we tend to absorb energy and even being on the Internet uh, a lot, by looking at the computer, we're, having, we're taking this energy through our eyes and stimulating our nervous system. And then 30 minutes before going to sleep, you turn off the day by going inward. And that's a good time to, if, if you're in an environment that's a little noisy, you could put, on, put in earplugs or put on a headset and listen to calming music, do some kind of meditation. But just to let go of the day, because what happens is, if you don't let go of the day and you go to bed feeling nervous and overstimulated, you're not going to get the deep sleep that you need. You're only going to go to stage two sleep. You're going to not get to stage three and four, which is the deep sleep 
where your immune system kicks in and you get that restful sleep. So it's so important in the evening to do calming activities. And if you want to have an important discussion with your partner or friends, um, you do that earlier in the day or you work on on a Saturday or Sunday. But you don't want to get into a heavy discussion right before you go to bed at night because mm-hmm. it's going to overstimulate you. Okay. So, again, you really want to work very hard at, at calming your senses, in a sense, paying attention because the slightest thing or something that wouldn't bother the average person will affect us. It'll just trigger, trigger off the nervous system. Yeah. Let's talk about food in that light. You know, we talk about hyperactive kids Ted, you know, and how we want to get them off of sugar and caffeine. How about, and in a sense, you know, that hyperactivity could probably be related to hypersensitivity too. One thing I want to say before I talk about the food is that there's an ancient science of healing that comes from India called Ayurveda. I don't know if you're familiar with Ayurveda. Very, very much so. It's been very around for so. thousands of years and it's getting more popular in this country. Deepak Chopra made it popular. There's a wonderful Ayurvedic doctor from India, Dr. Ladd, who has an institute in New Mexico. But in Ayurveda, there's three constitutions. You have the vata, which tends to be the person who's more sensitive. The highly sensitive person tends to be vata. The pitta, which is the more hard-driving person, more of a um, hot temperament. And then you have the kapha, which is the easygoing person that nothing bothers them. I remember Deepak Chopra talking about how he could have two cups of coffee before he goes to bed at night and fall right to sleep because he's a kapha. He's Mm -hmm. a total non-HSP. So a lot of what we're talking about has to do with the vata constitution in Ayurveda. And what Ayurveda says for the vata constitution, which is the same for the highly sensitive person, is to eat foods that are pacifying for vata, which are heavy, warm, moist foods. So if you have just like, I remember I had one client, and she was so nervous and had insomnia, and she was on a raw food diet, and there's nothing wrong with raw foods. I try to eat, you know, a fair amount of salads. But if you eat just raw foods, you're not going to be getting ground you. grounded. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and I have to tell you it's interesting because um, I know the, the Ayurvedic system well, and I am Ravata. <laughs> I'm Which is surprised. exactly what you what you said. If you said you're a kapha, I wouldn't believe it. No, no, no. I'm definitely a very strong, actually, mm-hmm. strong vata, which is what you said most highly sensitive people are. And I understand that about the warm foods, too. And I find, and I don't know whether this is common, but I find that my system will gravitate toward what I need. So sometimes I feel like I need, you know, something heavier, chicken or fish or a piece of bread, and sometimes I feel like I need a salad. But it really depends upon what I'm feeling at the time. Yeah. If you're feeling especially more nervous, more overstimulated, and you eat something light and cold, it's not going to ground you. Yes. So if you had warm soup or casserole or yes. hot cereal. Herbal teas. I'm big into herbal teas. And I personally can't drink coffee. Caffeine is too strong for me. Most highly sensitive people do not drink coffee, and if they do, I recommend that they try cutting down on it. And you they know, try what? Cutting down on the coffee intake. Yeah, yeah, I can't. It's very stimulating for me, much too much. And also, is, foods with a high glycemic count. Are you familiar with the glycemic index? Yes. Talk so about those. The glycemic the index is how quickly 
the food converts to sugar, the carbohydrates yeah. convert to sugar in the bloodstream. And believe it or not, things like white potatoes convert to sugar faster than ice sure. cream. Like white rice, anything white. Or white rice. Yeah. So uh, there, there's several books out about the glycemic index, and if you have, if you're eating foods with a high glycemic index, where the carbohydrate takes to, turns to sugar quickly, you're going to get a burst of energy and hyperactivity, followed by some anxiety or maybe depression. So you want to try and eat foods that are low glycemic index, so your nervous system will be calmer. It's also good to stay away from very spicy foods that could be stimulating. I recommend staying away from processed foods, especially foods with MSG in it, Mm -hmm. and having more fruits, organic fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. Mm -hmm. Um, Fast food restaurants usually give, with all the sugar and salt and fat and chemicals, can have a negative effect on a highly sensitive person. Yeah, 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 very much so. Also, in the winter, it's usually better to have the heavy, warm, moist foods, and more in the summer you can have more of the lighter foods. Like the but wouldn't salad. that make sense in terms of the season? I mean, if you talk about eating by the season, you know, your, your body is warmer in the summer, so you'd want something cooler. Exactly. And you can, you can handle it. But, again, if you're finding yourself very overstimulated and a lot of anxiety, even in the summertime it's better to have something heavy, warm, and moist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. My guest today is Dr. Ted Zeff. He's the author of The Highly Sensitive Person's Companion, Daily Exercises for Calming Your Senses in an Overstimulating World. You can log on to his website, which is hspsurvival.com. When we come back, we're going to talk more about those of us, and there are 20% of us, and I'm included in that, in the population who are highly sensitive, more things that we can do um, to help ourselves to really understand our overstimulating world and to cope well. Okay, again, my guest is Dr. Ted Zeff. You can call us after the break. We're here today, uh, July 23rd, and you're here at Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. And if you're listening now, you can call us after the break at 866-472-5788. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. 
West Coast Business Review and host Amy Campbell presents Show Me the Business. Each week, you'll hear exciting guests give you vital information on advancing your business and career. Learn how others have built their empires, from best-selling authors to renowned entertainers. Listen every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific time on VoiceAmericaRadio.com. Visit our website at www.WestCoastBusinessReview.com. West Coast Business Reviews, Show Me the Business, connecting you to the business world. In the ever-changing world of real estate, Mark Heller and Brian Church bring to Internet Talk Radio all the latest information, trends, and changes in the real estate market. And these guys pull no punches. That's Real Estate Talk with Mark Heller and Brian Church every Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. We are back. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. It's still time to call in if you're calling on Monday, July 23rd, 866-472-5788. We are talking about highly sensitive people, and I am one of those, and there are some wonderful qualities of being highly sensitive in terms of what we pick up in the environment, but because we pick up so much, we often feel overstimulated. So my guest is Dr. Ted Zeff. He's the author of The Highly Sensitive Person's Companion, Daily Exercises for Calming Your Senses in an Overstimulating World. And his website is hspsurvival.com. Welcome back, Ted. Thank you. All right, let's talk about, um, you know, highly sensitive people who seek traditional medical care. I mean, if, if you were not paying attention to the signals of the overstimulating world and you went into your doctor and you said, you know, I'm anxious and I'm nervous and the loud sounds bother me and, you know, these people are upsetting me, your doctor might then say to you, well, let me put you on some medication. What do you think, Ted? Exactly. Many, many highly sensitive people are misdiagnosed and um, they're saying, oh, you're suffering from anxiety, I'll give you Valium, I'll give you some medication to calm you down. When you don't need medication frequently, not to say there's, a, there's not a place for it sometimes if you're going through an extremely stressful situation for short periods of time, but generally most of what, we're going to talk, what we talked about today in my books talks about treating your sensitivity holistically. And don't forget, medical doctors don't have a clue usually about highly sensitive people and they're not trained about it. So you have to explain if the, if the doctor is giving you medication, whether it's for anxiety or just for a physical uh, pain, you're going to react more strongly than a non-HSP. So you, it's very important you let the doctor know that you might want to start on a smaller dosage than the, the average person. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. All right, what about time management? We talked a little bit about that before but talk about how we have to be sensitive to time management. Yeah, HSPs do not do well under pressure, time pressure. So, for example, even something like driving, if you have an appointment, I, I personally never drive in rush hour. If I have to be somewhere where I know there's going to be a lot of traffic yeah. and I have to drive, I'll get there hours earlier and go to a park and meditate for a few hours. Mm-hmm. I have the luxury to do it, so I'm able to, but if you don't have that luxury... It's better to take public transportation and put in, you know, your your headset or earplugs 
and do calming things rather than sitting in traffic. Um, you can even use, though, if you are sometimes driving around and you get anxious when you hit red lights, you see the red light as an opportunity to calm yourself down. Doing walking meditations is another way to stay calm. Trying to talk slower. Mm. Being in silence is very important because HSPs generally like to process information slowly. So it's very important when you're with other people to let people know, ah, I think I want more time to just be a little quiet right now. You know what happens for me, and and I'm wondering if this is typical, is if something is overstimulating or something hits me or affects me, I feel it in my body, and I get quiet, but it, it takes me a while later to figure it out. It's almost like I get kind of hit, like you're hit broadside, and you, you almost, almost it's not paralyzed, but it's, um, it's as though you become immobilized. I don't know if that's typical. It happens sometimes, and that's why it's very important to say, I need, I need some space right now so you can process what's going on. Mm-hmm. If you're in an intense conversation, I have a little technique of waiting five seconds before responding. You let the person know, uh, let's try waiting five seconds so you don't get into this firing conversation. Mm-hmm. A good thing for, for, for diet when you're eating, try to have mindful eating at least one meal a week where you're not engaging in other stimuli or conversations like uh, you know, intense conversations or even reading or watching TV. Try writing or typing at a slower rate. And there's one that I really like that I actually got from Thich Nhat Hanh. He, he wrote pieces every step. When the phone rings, instead of answering it right away, especially if you tend to do it, you wait until the phone rings three or four times if possible. And while it's ringing, you just relax all the muscles in your body. Say a mantra to yourself like peace or calm, and you're mm. very centered. That's a That's great a- tip. And I use it all the time. If you notice when you called earlier, I didn't answer the phone on the first ring. I did my little calming routine. Do you look to see who it is? Um, I, I first, the first thing I do when it rings is like a reminder, like a um, Zen meditation master hing, hitting a gong saying it's time to meditate. When I hear the phone ring, it's a reminder to relax all the muscles in my body and do a few seconds of meditation. All right, Ted, we're coming to a close in the interview, so here's my question. If people get one thing out of this interview, what is your message if you're a highly sensitive person? It's hard to just uh, scale it down to one thing, but the most, probably the most important thing is there's nothing wrong with you, but it's important to take steps to manage your trait of being highly sensitive. Mm-hmm. And you can do that through reading books, certainly getting your book, logging onto your website, hspsurvival.com and um, just and it also one of the messages that I hear from you loud and clear is slow down yes don't try and keep up with an out of balance society because the more we get out of balance the more out of balance we are the more we crave things that will make us more out of balance so a sign it's a great quote which is um, being well adjusted to a society that's out of balance is not necessarily a sign of health Mm. Mm. So we have to just have a beat to our own drummer and not try to engage in all of the things that our overstimulating society says we're supposed to be doing, quote-unquote. All right. And do you think people should get counseling if they feel they're highly sensitive? 
if they're feeling extreme stress, first I recommend trying, you know, the exercises in my book and trying to treat themselves holistically. And if they're, you know, if they're still feeling a little anxious, sure, it's great to see a counselor, but make sure that you interview your counselor very thoroughly and make sure that they're very highly sensitive person friendly and understand it, understand the trait before you uh, turn yourself over to a counselor who may not be tuned into that. Okay. So know yourself as well. I mean, that's the other piece that I keep hearing from you, mm-hmm. is to really understand who you are and what your needs are, and don't discount them. Not at all. Listen to yourself. You're very intuitive if you're highly sensitive, and you know what's best for you. Okay. Thank you so much, Ted. Again, how can people get a hold of you or of the material? Yeah. Uh, the books are called The Highly Sensitive Person's Survival Guide and The Highly Sensitive Person's Companion, and they could be bought through Amazon.com, Borders, Barnes & Noble, and they can get more information on my website, hspsurvival.com. Okay. Thanks so much for being on the program today, Ted. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, stay on the line. Really enjoyed it. It's wonderful. Next week, folks, my guest is Sandy Vilas, who is the CEO of CoachInc.com. He will discuss what coaching is, the benefits of laser coaching, how working with a coach can help you reach your personal and professional goals, and what it takes to become a coach. Remember, folks, this program, Positive Living, is always on VoiceAmerica.com on Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And you can log on to voiceamerica.com or raskinresources.com and you'll be directed to the shows, all of the shows on Voice America that are archived on my site and on the Voice America site. So you can take a look at that and my website is raskinresources.com and you can contact me at patricia at raskinresources.com. Remember, as I say each week, stay healthy, stay happy, know that you can get the support you need and that you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Have a great Monday and a great week. A Catalyst for Positive Change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com and tune in next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here on voiceamerica.com.